You're listening to the Nerd Couple Show, settling nerd couple arguments one episode at a time. I was completely mental. Honestly, Ron, you're saying that about someone else. What? And, and here's you your hosts, Jen Page and John, John Curtis. Good morning, nerds. Good morning. On today's show, we'll talk about the last, latest, greatest season of Stranger Things. We're going to answer a listener question. Is Luke a punk and Darth Vader misunderstood? First up, a nerd couple argument. What actually makes a movie one of the greatest of all time? Go. It's time for a nerd couple argument. Oh, I love a juicy nerd couple fight, Mr. J. (laughs) So we were watching The Offer. Which, if you don't know, is about the making of The Godfather. And he... Mr. John Curtis is trying to convince me that I must watch The Godfather because it's one of the greatest movies of all time. I'm enjoying the show, but I don't want to watch a mob movie. I'm watching the show. I'm seeing how much violence is in it based on the offer, which is not actually The Godfather. So it's going to be worse. I don't like that. (laughs) Anyway, it started a huge fight because what does it even mean is the greatest movie of all time? And in typical nerd fashion, we cut our fight off and we brought it here for you. You're welcome. So let's just start with why you think The Godfather is one of the greatest movies of all time. Okay. First of all, if a movie has a hint of violence, you're out, which mm-hmm. is just it sucks. Why? Because sometimes it is important for that's storytelling. Even, first off, that's not even true. A hint of violence I can take. Repeated violence. Somebody in The Godfather gets stopped at a toll booth and shot to death by multiple machine guns. Which is tame in now in movies. It's you know. dark. It is dark, but actually it's a well-lit scene. Um, So, what makes a movie the greatest of all time? It's a a combination of, well, it's its storytelling and its impact on society at the time it's released and its importance to filmmaking in general. That, I think, is the criteria for the greatest of all time. And The Godfather meets all that criteria. You're going to watch it. I pray that you'll watch it. Never going to watch it. Please, God. You, you have yet to give me any reason that I really have to watch All that. the things I just said, okay? The Godfather's pacing is going to turn you off. But okay, in let, me that- ask, let me ask you this. And also, you know I hate slow movies. I hate them. Um, let me ask you this. You're talking about the greatest movie of all time, okay? Yes. You think it's one of the greatest movies of all time. If I said, okay, you have a choice. I will watch The Godfather or I will watch Empire Strikes Back. Which one are you going to pick? I— I'm assuming I had never seen Empire Strikes Back. Well, obviously, I would say Empire Strikes Back. Okay, my you, point exactly. It, the movie, just because everybody tries to act like a movie is great, d- movies are subjective. I am a filmmaker. I, I am. I see the reviews I get, and I'll get one review that's like, this is the best movie I've ever seen, and on the other hand, someone's like, I hate this movie. Check it out. This is going to blow your mind, because it's blowing my mind right now. <laughs> the Godfather is objectively better than The Empire Strikes Back. And I feel a little ill right now. Why do you think it? You don't watch it? I've I've never seen you watch The Godfather. You watch Empire Strikes Back a million times a week. But Godfather is one of those movies when we were watching cable that whenever it was on, I'm like, gotta watch it. But but you don't seek it out. You don't go click, go find it and click it. I do seek it out. You've never, we've been together over six years. When whatever streaming service is on right now, I was like, oh, there it is. I I logged it away. He logged it away. And then you know what he did after he logged it away? He went to watch Empire Strikes Back or Rise (laughs) of Skywalker. That's different though. That's me though. That's my point though. Empire Strikes 
Strikes Back has so much more significance for me. However, objectively, The Godfather is a better movie. Don't make me say it again. It is not a better movie. A movie is only as good as the person watching it thinks it is. That is my whole point in this whole a movie being the greatest of all time. I don't believe in award shows. I think all that, the Oscars, all that stuff is you stupid. There's no such thing as a movie being the greatest of all time. It's not a thing. You asked me what makes a movie the greatest of all time. I gave you three criteria. Criterion? Okay, criteria? Give us What's those, the plural? Give us criteria, criteria by your standards again. Okay. The character development and the storytelling in The Godfather. No, is, no, no. Don't even tell me about The Godfather. What is your first, what is number one point of, of, of what makes the greatest movie of all time that you said? The, the storytelling. Okay. So that's so a combination. That, that's a big one. That's a combination of character development, the plots, the the uh, execution of the lighting, and the, the everything that goes into so making a film. So basically, the film is a solid film. Yes. Okay. Okay. So by that standard, number one. Yeah. There's probably thousands of films that would fall into that category. And two, not, I would not agree with that being a good, on The Godfather being those points because of what I know of it already. Haven't even seen it. It's too slow. It's, and it's- Three hours long. It's, <laughs> my point is you cannot say one movie is the greatest of all time. There's no movie in all the universe. There's not one single movie that everybody on the planet agrees is a great movie. That, except maybe Toy Story. Toy Story is Toy Story may be the greatest movie of all time. But there is a consensus out there, especially among... Uh, That's because you guys have this thing in your heart. No, the, the, the people will objectively say, yes, this movie meets this standard and it surpasses all these other movies. And that's what The I Godfather does. I watched number two criteria. Okay, the impact on society. And then the last would be the impact on filmmaking as a whole. Okay, so impact on society. Yes. Why do you think The Godfather impacted society? Because at the time, there was this, this uh, whole, they actually talk about it in the offer and I forgot. But it's a... Uh, Impact on the mafioso world. It's impact on, on Italian Italian Americans. Italian Americans. Um, just the way the way the, the criminal justice system worked in at, at that time with regard to criminality. But that had less to do with the movie and more to do with the events that happened around the movie. So well, that's sure. not the movie itself. That's just people made this be a big deal because the 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 all. If you haven't seen the offer on Paramount Plus, you have to watch it. Please, please. It's fantastic, and it really, all the stuff around the offer is more interesting than the movie itself in my mind. But when we watch the offer, I hate the scenes that are violent. I don't want to watch them, and I know that's all more of that is in The Godfather. But you know it's necessary to the storytelling of the offer. I don't think so. I, like, there's a there's a thing that happens, I won't spoil it, but there's a thing that happens where the violence actually happens off screen, and we're watching um, our producers and our directors and everybody on set watch the scene. So we don't see the scene, we just see their faces, and I loved that so much because it was gruesome enough without seeing it. That's, you don't have to show, you don't have to be violent. Gratuitous violence is actually one of the things that propelled the Godfather into that stratosphere because it, people had never seen it before. Like, they'd never seen but that sort of shocking point. violence. There's a lot of movies from the 60s, 70s, 80s. because Not people, at that level. Because people would go, oh, we never saw anything like this. Like, you could say that about Avatar. There's so many movies where you're like, oh my God, I never seen anything. Twister, when Twister came out, we were like, holy moly, how did they make cows fly? What did Avatar or Twister do for society as a whole? 
What did Godfather? Godfather the movie did not do anything for society. You can the same argument for Star Wars. Star Wars well, was a okay. huge change in society. Thank you for saying that. That's a perfect segue. So you asked me to come up with, the, oh, some movies that are the greatest of all time. The original Star Wars, it changed filmmaking. It 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 was phenomenally uh, accepted and just popular. Um, oh, yes. Okay, Here's the, and here's where I would say Star Wars is a better movie than Godfather. Because every single Star Wars, you can, all of them, even the stupid last Jedi that I hate, have been they're sought out more than the Godfather is. They're they're made more money than Godfather. People go every day, people go looking for Star Wars movies. People go putting on Star Wars gear. People go buying, spending the Star Wars celebration, which we're gonna get into at the end of this, people spent thousands and thousands of dollars this- on merch. There's no Godfather convention. It's apples and oranges. This fandom is wildly more popular than a fandom of the Godfather. But we're talking about objective filmmaking and the greatest films of all time. So the, the original Star There's Wars. There's no such the, thing as objective filmmaking. The original filmmaking. Matrix changed, changed the scope of filmmaking. It, it's changed storytelling. Okay, let's talk about Matrix. Rear then. window. Let's talk about Matrix. Matrix, at the time was a movie that everybody was all about and like floored over. And it was like, holy crap, they did do things for filmmaking. But I didn't really watch it then. I watched it in this past year and I was bored. So that you can't be a greatest movie of all time if I'm bored watching it. Just because filmmaking nowadays moves like this just to keep your attention and that's how you've been groomed to accept it doesn't mean you can discard all the credit that those movies have, you know... All the accolades those movies have brought to the industry. I think a greatest movie of all time, though, should age well throughout time. I would agree with that. Uh, Hafugu says, if you don't think Howard the Duck is the best movie of all time, I will fight you. <laughs> hey, there is that one guy, and we found him. Thank you, Hafugu. I tried watching Howard the Duck in recent times. I remember loving it as a kid, and I don't know why. It's I couldn't even get through it as an adult. Howard the Duck is not the goat. What else we got in the comments? <laughs> well, Hufugo also said uh, so many people died in Empire. So I guess he's saying like the violence. But the difference is Star Wars isn't violent. Right. Star Wars is like kind of the cheesy death, where which I, I appreciate. Like the pew pew and then people just kind of go, ah, and fall. Uh, <laughs> it's not grass. It's not continue. It's not like punching and punching and punching and shooting and just morbid Violence. You know, I was going to include Pulp Fiction in the greatest of all time. They changed storytelling. But I think his violence, Quentin Tarantino's, is gratuitous for the sake of being gratuitous. So yes. I took it out. I would say <sighs> Kill Bill is more than Pulp uh, Fiction. Yeah. Well, Pulp Fiction, as far as if you were saying, if you were going to tell, say, which Tarantino movie is the greatest of all time, you'd have to say Pulp Fiction. Yes. Because that's that the one non- that... Non-linear storytelling and... Yeah. Well, beyond... I mean, like, that's the one that just kind of really impacted society in a way that people were, like, quoting movies just randomly with yep. their friends. But I don't... I, I can appreciate that movie. I'm not going to watch it ever again. I don't like it. I just... See, I would say that the problem is with your with your idea, every movie you brought up for the most part is violent somehow. There's, there's I just said Rear Window. That changed filmmaking. It's that not it one, set the it's groundwork not, for horrors and But you would not call that thrillers. one of the greatest movies of Never all time. Part of it. Look, I'm not a, a film expert. I could, I can't list all the greatest movies because I haven't seen them all. But there's but a difference. Are we talking greatest movies? There are movies movie? that transcend others that change the landscape of filmmaking, and that's one of them. But that shouldn't, that doesn't make a great movie. 
just because you did a cool effect. It wasn't a cool effect. It was how the story was told and through the guy looking through this window and seeing events unfold. It, really? Director? I just love watching him melt, trying to find reasons, trying to get his point you across. You know I'm right. What? Okay, if you were going to accept what I said about ma- the the qualities of the greatest movie of all time, what would you say? Uh, what what I, I I again I don't believe there's such thing I as know, greatest movie of all time. I know you don't believe in it, but if you were going to accept, uh, for me, let's instead of using the word greatest movie of all time, let's talk about a perfect movie. What I feel is a perfect movie, beginning to end. Uh, the first one that pops to my mind is Jerry Maguire, beginning to end, perfect storytelling. T- Beautiful filmmaking, great acting. You you'll watch it again and again because it's got all the right things. It's got comedy. It's got drama. I laid a trap. Mm-hmm. Oh, but more people seek out Star Wars than Jerry Maguire. You're not laying a trap. I literally just said to you, there's no such thing as Grey's Anatomy time. But if you're talking about a part movie perfect beginning to end, then yes, that's what Jerry Maguire. Would you fight that Star Wars is perfect from beginning to end? Empire Strikes Back. Do we okay. want to dissect Empire Strikes Back on Don't, an episode? You've already hurt me to the core by saying, making me say The Godfather is a better I'll movie say than Empire Strikes John Back. John is a goat. Um, as like, he he says, greatest of all time to everything. So we can't really take his opinion. <laughs> what? It's so true. Uh, Jason says the issue with this argument is that you're trying to classify greatest of all time with personal opinion rather than something that everyone relates to. Well, I was trying to sort through that, Jason, because that's why I was trying to make the case for The Godfather. I mean, look, I appreciate the fact that you're you're trying to dissect something and really win your argument. I appreciate it. I just don't believe that there's a such thing as greatest of all time. And it actually irks me when people say, that's one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> Citizen Kane, have you seen that? No, it sounds uh, slow and boring. It, it's at the top of everyone's greatest movie of all time list, like critics and, and professors and experts on filmmaking and Boring movies. people. I don't agree with that. So I, I, there are obviously flaws in how people come up with this, but I still think The Godfather transcends almost all other movies. When was the last time you watched The Godfather? A couple years ago. Okay, watch it again. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> if you sit down it. and you enjoy this character development of, of every I, character there, but especially of Michael Corleone. I agree with you on the sense of character development. But I think The Godfather is a type of movie where it's like, you probably should watch it once in your life, never again. Uh, I disagree because... I would never rewatch The Godfather. There is a payoff that comes with sitting with these characters for three hours. That's all I'll say about it. Let's move on. Vision, have you seen the kids? We, We should probably just change subjects. You see us wearing our gym shirts if you're watching. Hawk and Thai's rules. Uh, we are uh, finished with the newest season of Stranger Things. Well, minus the like two episodes they're going to do later. which In July. Netflix never does. I wonder what the rationale was. Usually they drop the whole thing. Um, I was actually really pleasantly pleased with the ending of this. It could have been a season finale and I'd have been fine with it. Because I just feel like... It wrapped up really nicely, but also set us up for the next season. Right. Season five will be the last. Yes. Uh, if you don't like Stranger Things, or if you if you were like, eh, on it, I don't think you would like this new season. No. They ca- they gave us, it's all, if you. So you, you, you were somebody who didn't really watch Stranger Things, really. So, but you're liking the new season. I, they lost me in season two. 
you brought me back around because of the finale of season three. But you never went back and watched season three. I never did, no. So I would say this changed things up so much that it was became really it's engaging. It's very different. If you're a fan of horror movies, the horror genre, like old school, Ooh. like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and such, this really pulls from that. And at first I was bothered because I was like, it doesn't fit my Stranger Things way it's been doing it. But then I went on the ride with them and I'm like, okay, they needed to change it up somehow. And they still did tie it into being part of the, the below, or the upside down. And I'm not going to spoil this for anybody but they really tied it in by that last episode. Holy moly. Yeah. I think one of the things that worked for Stranger Things that didn't work for me was the slow reveal of the upside down in the previous seasons and like just this really slow telling of, of this other world and how it affects these kids and their families. What this latest season He does. doesn't want to watch Stranger Things because it's too slow. And Just he wants me to watch it. Godfather. Stranger Things is always moving in my mind. And Stranger Things is filled with Dungeons and Dragons. But yeah, he wants me to watch Godfather. There is more violence in this latest season okay, of- let's talk about that. There is a lot of violence to the point where I've literally been covering my eyes and looking away at some points. It's really violent. I don't like that. I don't think we need that. I loved it. <laughs> it was- uh, th- is it give anything away if I say how people are uh, treated by a certain guy? <laughs> Spoilers ahead, guys. <laughs> uh, forget it. I won't say anything because I really want to talk about the violence, but I can't. It's pretty violent. Yeah. The, the best part about Stranger Things, though, this season for me, I, I was having a really hard time with them splitting up the cast. And I even told John, I think part of the reason they split up the cast was because they had the younger kids who can't work as long during the day together. And then they had, like, the older kids sort of doing stuff. So I think because the older kids are actually adults who can go work longer. Um, so it might have been on purpose. But I didn't like that they were splitting us up so much. And they have them in different cities even. And then they have— L somewhere else. And I didn't like all that. But the last episode, I went, (sighs) okay. I'm okay with where L went because it's going to make for really good movie, really good season ending next year. Like it's going to make for epic battles, I think. (laughs) This is not a spoiler. I know. I'm trying to talk without spoiling This is not a spoiler. But in the early episodes of season four, there's this mob mentality, a bully mob mentality by these high school students against one of the characters. Did you ever experience that sort of bullying? I'm really disappointed that Stranger Things went there because I think they're smarter than that. <laughs> Good morning, Nerd Summer. Heath he says, I love how Stranger Things moves. It's always such an amazing payoff. Yeah, I do think. And what I, I think that even when Stranger Things is slow, I'm still enjoying it because I really love the characters. Uh-huh. Uh, even though we've been laughing because like this season, like, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting everybody's name right now because there's so much going on. But um our our jock kid of the group, like he's he's went from being a nerd to a jock, and he like buffed out, and we're yeah. like, he used to be so like, who lanky. is that kid? I know. <laughs> but see, I, I appreciate what they're doing with his character. Like he still is, wants to cling to this D and D life, but the eighties just won't let him. And I loved relating to that because. In the 80s, when you're growing up as a kid, there are there were school bullies that were like, you play Dungeons and Dragons? Now, look at the wonderful promised land that we live in. Everyone's playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's crazy Movie to- stars are like, let's do this online. Play Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. It's crazy to think that there was a time when people were like, if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, you're in a cult. <laughs> like, that you're was summoning a- the devil. I know. 
But the the Stranger Things is showing like the plight that what we all had to go through in the eighties. I'm hesitant to bring up with uh, Hafugo just typed in, but I'm going to. But I'm also kind of bummed because if this is true, now it's a huge spoiler. And I'm going to be po'd that you told me this. Uh, he says, "Have you heard the theory that the whole show is actually a D and D campaign and not actually happening?" <laughs> Okay, that's a great theory. You know that's not true. It better not be true. Oh, come on. Hate- How in the world? Let me roll my character. Oh, I'm a 12-year-old teenager in 1980s Indiana. Look, I just think it's an interesting concept, but I will be, I one of my biggest pet peeves is whenever someone wakes up and suddenly it's all been a dream. It, I hate it so much. You've wasted all of my time watching this. <laughs> we got to log that away because I think we have a whole episode about that thing because I have opinions <laughs> on it too. Okay. Locked away. Locked away. All right. All right. What's next? (laughs) What a couple of corpses. Am I right? I think they're kooky in a normal kind of way. Nerd Tony Goss asked in our Facebook group, is Luke a punk or and Darth Vader misunderstood? Luke is not a punk. He's a hero. My hero. (laughs) But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The Artillion has a bad motivator. Look. It just isn't fair. Wait a minute, where'd she go? Bring her back. Play back the entire message. Where are you going? Looks like I'm going nowhere. You bet I could. I'm not such a bad pilot myself. We don't just sit here and listen. What a piece of junk. I can't see a thing in this helmet. Well, take care of yourself, huh? But I guess that's what you're best at, isn't it? Let me say something about that clip. I was going to go into the movies myself, try to find some stuff, but lo and behold, the internet is a magical place where someone's already done it. Thank you to Starflix for compiling all of the complaints Luke has made in all three movies. They're like five-minute videos each, and I was going to try to squeeze all three movies into like 30 seconds. Couldn't even squeeze the first movie into like a minute. You know, Anakin got so much flack for being a whiner, but no one ever gives Luke flack for it. I, hey, don't get me wrong. (laughs) We've already talked about on this show how Luke Skywalker was my first crush as a kid and I was going to marry him and we were going to live happily ever after. But now when you look back... (laughs) (laughs) I was going to give Tony a lot of... for bringing this up because I was like, there's no way that Luke is a whiner, but I watched all five minutes of that first movie... (laughs) He really does whine a lot. But here's where your argument breaks down, Tony, is that there is growth over the the three movies that Luke Skywalker is in. So the first uh, Starflix clip, five minutes, there's like 100-plus complaints from Luke. The second one in Empire Strikes Back, in half. And there's even less than that in the third one. So Luke's complaining goes down. (laughs) And that's why he's still my hero, because he grows as a character, and he's wonderful. And he becomes someone who will sacrifice himself to help his friends by the last movie, Return of the Jedi. So there you go, Tony. Well, I mean, he does the ultimate sacrifice in The Rise of Skywalker. That's right. Darth Vader is misunderstood. This was so much easier. I didn't need a clip. I didn't need anything, okay? (sighs) He killed kids. (laughs) Okay, but before he became Darth Vader, though, I mean, he was just a really passionate soul. The premise was, how is Darth Vader misunderstood? Right, but you have to put his past behind him. He, he's, he, was, he was very passionate. Let's say that you're told, I died, right? I know where you're going. Okay. 
I think George Lucas was actually really crafty coming up with the impetus for him becoming Darth Vader. It's all for love of Padme. He loves her so because much. Because didn't he see like, a, he you, saw a vision of her dying, right? Yes. And he believe he as strong in the force as he is, he's got to think that's true. Like I've seen this vision in the force. She is going to die. And what now can I will I do? do anything and everything to save her. I don't care about anything else. And I could see you be in that way. Right. You could say uh, Darth Vader kills a million people with the flick of his wrist. Doesn't matter. He did it for love. <laughs> like you can not, really look, put that behind. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. We're just asking: Is he misunderstood? No. Yes. It's so funny because I see a lot of um, TikToks now that I'm on TikTok and I'm like scrolling for other Star Wars stuff. I see a lot of TikTok where it's like the people being like in the Imperial Army or whatever, right? And they're like. We're just really misunderstood. Uh, Jason, th this seems like the Barney Stinson opinion on Star Wars, like how Iceman is the hero of Top Gun, the Karate Kid is Johnny Lawrence, etc. <laughs> I love it. He, like, in the show, he hates he, he hates Ralph Macchio. It's a whole thing. Well, we'll say even in Cobra Kai, though, oh. it, they actually did a whole like uh, flashback of the movie from the like Johnny yeah. perspective. So you were like. like oh. Ruffalo's a, a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, look at the movie, though. Like, someone did the thing with Saved by the Bell, how Zach is just uh, a terrible, terrible person. There's arguments to be made. However, Darth Vader is not misunderstood. He's got yellow eyes. He kills kids. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the note of Star Wars, moving on. MJ, MJ, you got to check this out. It's time to go, Tiger. They'll be back next week. So we went to Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim this past week. Yeah. And we only had to go on Sunday, which was kind of sad because apparently Friday and Saturday was where everything was happening. But right. it was our first one. Uh, we mostly just did the expo floor and looked around at vendors and stuff. We didn't get any panels other than one podcast panel we went into. But it was a really good time. I had a blast. It was just magical. The merch, the people, the vibe. Please talk about the vibe. Well, that's what I kind of want to talk about is how supportive and positive the fans are in person. Right. Like, in person, there was not one person that was hating on someone else or having a problem with someone. No matter what your costume looked like, if you were you, if you built it from toilet paper or if you built it from, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of material— you were accepted. Uh, John ran into other pose from other multiverses. And, yeah. <laughs> and we even did the Spider-Man pose of like, <laughs> it was great. Um, and then. Oh, my favorite moment dressed as Poe Dameron. <laughs> we were at uh, one of the vendors and he was helping out Jen and he didn't see me yet. And <laughs> his eyes go from Jen to me and he goes, <gasps> oh, I'm sorry. I, I actually thought you were Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Made yeah. my day. Made his day. He did have a very poet. If you haven't seen the photos, I'm pretty sure they're on Facebook or somewhere. But what I want to ask is why are you guys so positive and supportive in person? And on the internet, you're a bunch of holes. Well, it, this, this goes back to when the internet was created. I mean, if people have that barrier of not being able to confront someone in person and even add to that anonymity, then they have a perfect platform to be crappy. I just don't get it. Like, why? There's my favorite group. Um, it's right now, they just changed the name because we just found out the new Star Wars celebration is going to be in 2023 in April, right away in London. So the group name is now, uh, I want to say, Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023. Yes. It is absolutely the best Star Wars fan group on the planet. I highly suggest you go there and because it's 
there's no toxicity. If anybody posts something, everybody is supportive. The admins are great. It is fantastic. So I'm like always in there if I want a little dopamine hit. Of, and a lot of it right now is just recap of Star Wars Celebration. And I'm just like, it's insane the costumes that people came up with that they made themselves. Right. Like just. If it was a good source of Star Wars memes, it would be the perfect Facebook group for me. They have a sister group, they said, that is yeah. memes. I have to find it. I couldn't find it. Well, that's this week's show. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> that's it. It's over. Honestly, Ron, do you expect them to be here all day? If you like our show, share this video on your Facebook with a little note on why someone should watch. You can find us and tag us on your socials at AgenPageFilm and at Jedi John Curtis. And check out all things nerd by visiting nerdcoupleshow.com. Hmm. Thank you to our show producer, Harleen Quinzel. Music by Chris Edgar. Opening animation by Jesse Yang. Show transitions by Stephen Richardson. Character voices by Lelia Simonton and Heath Harper. Thank you, our live audience and our listeners. You are what makes this so fun. Until next week, keep embracing the nerd you love and all that makes them weird. You've been listening to The Nerd Couple Show. If you're having fun nerding out with us, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Rate and review as it helps others find the show, which helps us keep delivering fun content. We're also on all of your other favorite podcast apps. Nerd out all week with us on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. You can find us on all socials at Nerd Couple Show. We want to hear from you. Send your questions and topics you think we should cover to nerdcoupleshow at gmail.com and check out our merch shop with original Nerd Couple Show designs. Visit thenerdcoupleshow.com to find all the ways you can get into the conversation, including our private Facebook community where all nerds are welcome. Thank you again for being on this hero's journey with us. Cause you know how to love me like